So, Path Girl, I am no longer talking inside of a toilet bowl to you. <laughs> well, it sounded like you're talking in a tunnel or something. Just a lot of reverb. So, well, oh, no, oh, you oh. specifically said toilet, and I, I wonder, like, why do people say that a lot? Like, you sound like you're in a toilet. Like, really, have you stuffed your head in a lot of toilets and had conversations with people? Like, what does it sound like in a toilet? <laughs> that could be a lot of things, actually. Toilet that is, that's either a blowjob <laughs> with a lot of enthusiasm, or you might be flushing a live goldfish down the toilet with the screaming kid. Did you ever have that? Where you were a kid and your mom thought the fish was dead and they put it in the toilet and they're about to flush it and you swear you saw the fish flick or swim and then they're like, it's not dead in the flush and it still goes down the toilet. No, but I will freely admit I had goldfish when I was a kid and I was cleaning out their bowl and I didn't stop her the drain. So one of my goldfish went halfway down the drain and I just see his little tail flick, flick, flicking. So I had the ch- the option of either trying to rescue him out, which would probably kill him because the drain was so tight or kind of just closing the drain and just, yeah. So I closed the drain and kind of killed him. I was a murderer. <laughs> I admit it. Ow. I'm a murderer. Oh, You're like, away. you are not worth the effort. <laughs> Let's just. If I would have tried to pull him up by his tail, I would have like severed his poor thing's tail. So what am I going to do? Have a tailless goldfish? The poor thing would die anyway. So. Wow! And all of that you rationalized in that second as a young child. Uh, yeah, I was probably like nine or ten, maybe. And now you <laughs> chop up body parts for a living. Yes, no correlation whatsoever. We're we're seeing the connection, <laughs> Path Girl. We're seeing the connection. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And because you are responsible for yourself, there won't be another fucking warning. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange. Come and join the kinky world of play. I like how you're doing your blowjob toilet fish flushing sound. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the ever-crumbling human mind. A recording on Zencaster and currently looking for a defense attorney, I'm Path Girl. Uh, I am... <laughs> I am Count Boogie. Was that a joke because you're a fish murderer or is that a joke? Or are you really looking for a defense attorney? Is there something we should know? Fuck it. Don't say shit. We're on we're on a show. Don't say not don't say why do people do that? Have you not watched enough fucking interrogations to know mm-hmm. the police are not a judge and jury? They're there to get you to confess so it's easier to convict you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always tell my friends, like, you know, hey, I'm that friend at 2 o'clock in the morning that if you have a dead body that needs to be cut up, I can come help you. I'm just waiting for one of my friends to call me up and go, <laughs> I, I need your help. I'm so, I don't know what to do. I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, God. I never thought someone was going to cash that in. Jesus. You have the emotion worked out in everything. You're all, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I already got a yeah. shovel and a tarp in the thing. 
get some bleach, put on some gloves. You haven't touched anything. You know, this is not the perverted podcast that we should probably be. Yes, yes. Let's get away from the severed body parts and, you know, body stuff. Let's stuffing not tell people how to commit stuff. crimes better. Let's let's just say <laughs> that we're enthusiastic. Yes. That, that you and I together, we have a little, it's just, it, these are jokes. These are just yes. little jokes. But for the love of God, shut your fucking mouth. It made, they say shut, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so how are you, Path Girl? You have the Donis over there. Are you getting some Donis D? Uh, no, we've both been exhausted the last couple of days, but I have news I haven't even told you off air yet. Good. Okay. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. I want to hear. Uh, wait, Why does everyone have news it. today? What have, what have I missed? <laughs> the whole world revolves around you, Boogie. Um, Apparently actually, not. <laughs> well, because we, we didn't get to talk that long on New Year's Eve and afterwards, you know, we had short phone calls. But um, so on New Year's Eve, I did my first scene with Donis with toys. Yes. 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 Bravo. Yes, yes, what yes, kind yes. of toys? Details. The perverted podcast listeners yes. must know. Yes. Yes. So. Like for for the longest time, he's always been hesitant about using toys, but he asked me a favor to do something. And then I was like, sure, no problem. You know, service submissive me. I take care of it. And he's like, oh, thank you so much, babe. I really, you know, he goes, and I owe you a spanking. And I'm like, promises, promises. And he's oh. like, it's a promise. And I intend to keep, he goes, uh, I think you need to set out one of those toys in your bag. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, I didn't want to get my hopes up. But uh, so he came over New Year's Eve. So we had a really nice dinner and uh, talked to him about you. OK, with everything fine. So I set out a riding crop. I have a gorgeous what's called a Purple Heart Pounder paddle, which is kind of like a hairbrush paddle in Purple oh, Heart. Nice. Gorgeous. Nice. Yes. And there's also a matching um, paint stick uh, slapstick. So I oh, set those good, three out good. for him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I also have these cool cuffs that go over doors. So that way you can kind of make any door into a, uh, a mini cross kind of, you know, like a St. Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are great. Depending on the door and how much weight you put on them (laughs) because people have ripped those hollow doors in half. Well, these are cool because they have the little weights that kind of go over the door. So when you close the door, it kind of pulls the weight against the door jam. So this way you can pull on them and they don't, I mean, you can't pull on them with your full body weight, but you can pull on them with just your arms or legs and it's not oh, going to okay. go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, those, those are good. Okay, good, good. Yeah. So, so he, he, uh, he strapped me up and started, I think he started with the riding crop and he did very well with that. Um, then he did some really interesting stuff with the, um, uh, the slapstick where he was kind of using it as a knife, putting it on the edge. So that right. was uh, fuck, good, fucking good intense. intuition. Yes. Yes. Um, he, I mean, he's seen me play with doc several times and seen other scenes with our friends. So he kind of had a ballpark figure of where I like to get hit and not get hit. Um, but uh, and I even started using that, that uh, slapstick going around on my front of my breasts. And I was just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You even got to <laughs> fuck you out of you. He got a couple of fuck yous out of it because it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, went to that, but went back and forth between the paddle and went back and forth between the paddle and the slapstick and then kind of finished off with the riding crop. And from that first hit, I was freaking spacey. It was fucking amazing. Because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is happening. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> yes. I was dripping wet by the time he, like, I, like, begged him, like, please take me off the door and fuck me. <laughs> 
and and was he able to accomplish that too? Oh yes, yes, very very well. I was yeah, I multi orgasmic pile pile of puddle just on the yeah on the bed. I was yeah, <laughs> check please. Oh. I'm done. <laughs> oh my god. First, let me have some aftercare. I need my aftercare yes. after this. Yeah, so I had cuddly aftercare. I did have to remind them that aftercare includes something sweet. So he went to the the uh, fridge and got us what are they? He had these little chocolate uh, like petty four things that we bought for New Year's. So he brought me one of those. So yes. Oh my god! I was talking about my aftercare after hearing this story. Actually, um, what would you like? I, I know uh, you like pistachios. So I, I like pistachios. fucking blowjob. That's what I want. I want oral <laughs> aftercare. It's an old joke. If you remember the old show. From long ago, we talked about a guy, a dominant that insisted on oral aftercare oh, uh, God. after the scene. It was amazing. But uh, no, that is Path Girl. We are all excited because we have all yes. been waiting for this moment to see. And and you've been wonderful and patient and yes. found other ways to get your kink on with Doc and and found a partner that was okay with that. And it's been a whole process. But of course, we surely have been hoping uh, beyond hopes that Donis would um, find enjoyment in that. So I guess that's the big question. Yes. Is what was his afterwards reflection of that? Oh, yeah. We, we did a, a quick debrief, you know, right after the scene. Like, you know, what was good, what was bad. And, you know, I gave him a couple of pointers. But I said, overall, I was like, for a first scene, it was great. We didn't do too much. And I said to him, I was like, how do you, I mean, even before the scene started, I gave him a great big kiss and I just looked at him. I said, I love you. And I know you're not going to hurt me. Right. And I said, you know, just kind of looked at him sternly, but, um, yeah, I mean, afterwards he said it was good. He's like, did you enjoy that? I said, fuck yeah, I did. But this is the lesson learned that Boogie and I have been preaching to all the listeners that if you have somebody who's new to the lifestyle, you can't shove kink down their throat. You give them little breadcrumbs. I've been taking him to events. He's been watching me do scenes with Doc. He's been watching other people do scenes and getting exposed to all different types of kink and just kind of checking him once in a while saying, hey, would you possibly want to do this? No? Okay, cool. And he came to me and asked me. I didn't push him. Right. So after eight months, you know, patience pays off. So he had a good time. I mean, does it like a good time? Oh, definitely. How did, it, did you get, did he get into like, if it made him feel energized, if it made him feel powerful, if it gave him, you know, like, did he feel like a dominant? Did he feel like a top? Um, was it more service toppy? Did he give any of that reflection? We didn't really get into that. I'm going to have I'm going to have to get back to you guys on that cuz I really didn't get a chance to check in with him on that. Okay. So. Cuz I mean, ultimately if he had fun just seeing your reactions, oh yeah. Then win-win. And oh, if yeah. he saw and if he gained the confidence that he found another way to make somebody that he cares about feels good, then then that's a win. Yeah, exactly. You know that's exactly. absolutely and we talk about that a lot that it's not so important. I mean, for people that crave the power exchange, then obviously you have to find someone that you can have that power exchange with. But if it's really, I mean, and I say power because there's different types of power exchanges, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but when we're talking about a play scene and allowing you to get spacey and to feel cared for and to feel, you know, that, that pain that you need, um, that can come in many different forms. And it's, it's exciting to just hear, that he was able to step into that role. And of course, now it's really building that confidence and that right. nurturing uh, in him that, uh, you know, cause you never know where that could go. 
yeah, I mean, we're not in a formal power exchange relationship, but me being a service submissive, for me, it's kind of being the attentive girlfriend of making sure there's always Red Bulls in the fridge for him and keeping his favorite candy, candy in the pantry and like, you know, doing little things like that. So that kind of fulfills that service submissive need in me, but it's mm. not the official, you know, I'm in service to him per se, but we're, we're, right. we're going you're, down you're, that road. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, he's you're not com- he's not coming into the house and you're on your knees holding your cuffs for him to put them on and things like that. One can dream. <laughs> One can dream. But no, this is this is great news. Yes. I celebrate this with Thank all of our you. perverted podcast listeners. Congratulations Thank on you. getting some kink and then having it just be fun yes. and uh just I can't I'm I'm so excited. Patience you, pays off, people. <laughs> That's fan. It's not always. Let's not. There's not... Yes. <laughs> Sorry, you got lucky. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. That's true. I, I am lucky. It doesn't always. Some people are. If they're not into it, they're not into it. And yeah. uh, and so that's why it's so important to approach this in uh, as gentle and yet self actualized way as you can. You know, you you say I have needs. And you were able to work around it and you have another play partner that can that can give you that aggression that you need. Yeah. And that's great. But of course, you want that from the person that you're in a relationship with. Right. And and me also, I had to rein myself in because as soon as he's like, you know, you can lay out a toy for me. You know, my first instinct goes sub frenzy and go, let me give him vampire gloves. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a little extreme for a first scene. Let's keep those away in the bag for later. <laughs> Let's give him something easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just I'm just excited. I'm just excited for you. Congratulations. My. uh my fun news is uh, obviously not as. Ca- I mean, I'm on Tinder now. Um, OK Cupid was a pile of shit. Tinder yeah. is at least only a third of the price, and yeah. it's a little sluttier. Which, even though the the, the responses haven't been super great so far, um, there's been a couple. There's been a couple. Cool. Not saying none. There's been a couple, just not people that I want to want to swipe swipe right on. Uh, but what was fun, obviously every year I have certain goals that I do achieve with songwriting or learning new stuff. Uh, and so of course I've already started my first song of the year. It's a beautiful little romantic song. I did a lot of jingles and Mr. Beast and stupid shit last year. That was fun, but I, you know, this year I want to get back to real music and, and start, getting back into that. So I started that. It's it's real cool. It has Portuguese in it. So I'm online oh, wow. with Portuguese groups to get it done correctly. You know, I like little challenges for myself like that. But something that I did, which was like a treat, every time you start a new project, it makes a little, you know, FL Studios file. Okay. And so I found out, Path Girl, that I am by far the most ADHD person I know. No, really? We didn't know. <laughs> I just went into the search and I go, you know, they're all over the place in the computer, all these files. And I know I start a lot of projects and don't actually like finish them because I start something. And that's so I just typed in the file extension path girl. And I have three different computers. I have the one I'm on now that Bakura and Delilah uh, gave me, which is on its last leg, but it's done really wonderful. Thank you, Bakuro and Delilah. 
it, this the laptop has been great that you sent us. It's done a lot of good work. But I have three of them, three different computers, and between the three different computers, when you type in that extension, over 150 fucking projects come up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Possibly even more because there's three different computers. Oh, good grief. <laughs> and a lot of those, half of those are things that I'm like, okay, that, I've done that, that, okay, that. But the other half, I have no fucking recollection <laughs> of even starting these things whole songs uh, fucking j- things things here path girl here's something that i never even knew that i had even written oh boy i'm a sucker for her butt fucker every time i see that ass i know i gotta fuck her i get real weak when i touch those cheeks and if i fuck it fast enough i'll make you squeak Squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> I think I found my new ringtone for you. <laughs> I have no recollection of ever doing it. It was completely unmixed, so I know it's probably never been on the show. And no, that's just I would have remembered that. <laughs> one of dozens. That's a hit song, by the way. Just yes, want it you is. to know. I'm a sucker for her butt pucker. I'm like, that's genius. Of course I did that. So, I got some material to go through. Yeah, apparently. Sometimes we just want to talk about shit. So here it is. A random host topic, bitches. For your peace of mind, know that Count Boogie has written some shit because it's a host topic and we don't have to ask permission. Yay! So in today's host topic, this is actually something we've seen a number of these things online and I have to kind of start with uh because we're going to talk about x's are back copra attack i had to give it a name you know (laughs) x's are back copra attack but what i want to start with is this can be like really a serious issue so we don't want to make light of it but we're going to do our best to go over some basics so i wrote a little intro and then but just know that if this can be real serious when you're dealing, especially when you're dealing with psycho, sociopath, narcissist, ex uh, partners coming back into your life. This can be real. So I don't want to make too light of it, right. but um, we'll just get into it. When you have broken up, cut and run, severed the head, dumped or amicably parted with a partner, there is a need for closure and credits in the movie. If it is not a horrible breakup, you want them to ride off into the sunset and find what they are looking for. And if it was a bad breakup, you either are escaping for your life or emotionally throwing them into a pit of lava screaming. But what happens when the ex comes back onto the screen? What happens when they are attempting to reconnect and either seek to be friends or get that ever-precious comfy ex-sex? Or in a more sinister way, what do you do when they come back to manipulate or re-abuse you? Either way, you should consider your plan of action before you are forced to take it. And we are going to dig into some of this. And I kind of figured, Path Girl, that we would go through the three different levels, you know, like soft, medium, hard. Okay. And then kind of see where we're going with. So. Because there's so much 
to this, depending on the type of relationship you have on how you're going to handle it. And some of it can be very positive and even maybe even fun. And then some of it is fucking do not pass go. Save your own life. Yeah. Kind of thing. So let's start in the first situation. Um, I'll first start to say you're not obligated to bring anyone into your life. However, that relationship in the past ended. There is no obligation to be friends with somebody, even if it was amicable. There's no obligation. If you're done with that relationship and you've moved on and now you're doing other things, you don't have to let anyone in the door or in your email or in your life. Or social media or anything along the lines of that. You don't have to. Yeah. You know, that is completely up to you. So we'll start with that. So let's start first. I'll let you go first. If it's an amicable breakup. And and it and it wasn't necessarily too crazy or whatever, but you just kind of fell apart or it wasn't working, and then you wished each other the best, and now they're back. Yeah, this this happened actually. This happened to me on New Year's Day. I had an ex pop up and basically send me a Happy New Year. Yeah, I remember last <laughs> New Year's we were doing this, and it was a fond memory. And hope you're doing well. And I was like. <sighs> Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you in my inbox? And it's just kind of like this this person, you know, we dated for a while and it's like, you know, we left things amicable and it's just it just wasn't working out on my end. And I was very honest with him. We left things. But it's just like it's kind of like he was looking for the hey, how you doing? How's your life going? I want to show you my life's better than yours. And well, no, my life's going pretty well. So I just said, hey. My life's doing good. My son's good. Work's good. Boyfriend's good. Hope you're doing well. But um, it's really your choice whether or not you want to interact with that person, especially if they're the one reaching out at first because you could just basically claim, oh, I never got that message or, you know, I never got that email or what have you. Um, There's going to be some times when you end something amicably, like especially if there's kids involved, that you're going to have a relationship whether you want it or not and you can make it as – distant as possible where, you know, dropping kids off at a you know local place and pick up and what have you. But you, you don't really owe it, especially if it ended amicably, you don't owe that person a continued relationship if you want to. I mean, me personally, I can't be friends with someone I've been intimate with. It's weird to me hmm. because it's just like, if, like, if I'm laying on the couch with you cuddling, watching TV, and then we break up and it's like, hey, you can come over and watch TV. It's going to be awkward as fuck for me to sit on the other side of the couch from you and not be cuddling with you. It's just it's it makes me uncomfortable. So it's just like I, I'm Facebook friends with a couple of my exes. I obviously have my ex-husband in my life and we left things relatively amicable. But it's just I can't be friends with somebody, you know, that I talk to on a regular basis that I've been intimate with. It's just weird to me. So you still have like that attachment to uh to intimacy and it's just yeah it's, it's hard for you to separate from that yeah yeah I, I mean if now if i haven't been intimate with someone like there's been some guys i've gone on a couple of dates with and for whatever reason it just didn't work out and yeah we're friends those people i could you know i see them at munches i see them at events and what have you and it's just kind of like those are the people i'll be like yeah that that's that's fine but once i've been intimate with somebody it's just kind of like untangling from that intimacy just is hard for me that makes I mean that makes perfect sense um for a lot of people I think I don't feel that way I have um I have sat on the couch and not fucked 
as a as a horny guy, then it's just awkward to not be able to fuck anyone, whether I've been in a relationship or not. If sure. I'm attracted to you, and obviously if we dated at some point, I was probably attracted to you. Right. So, so th- there's. So to me, it doesn't make as much of a difference whether we were in a relationship or you're just a stranger that uh, we're buddies. And, you know, like I, we've had plenty in the dungeon back in the Love Lab days. There was plenty of uh, partners uh, that were friends with my partners and I didn't have sex with them. And then they would hang out and we'd make food and, you know, do things and, uh, you know, watch movies and stuff like that. And so... That didn't bug me, mm-hmm. but uh, you know you're still attracted to him anyway. You're like, I would fuck your friend if she wasn't a lesbian. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I've also I've had a lot of amicable ends with partners that weren't. I mean, growing apart because of course there's a lot of age gap relationships I've been in. Right. So I don't ever diss uh, my partners for going away. I don't ever. I I get it. That's part of having a, a big age gap relationship is that they're going to go away and then hopefully discover all the things that they need to discover. And I know I was just part of that process. And some of them have come back and been like, hey, you know, you, I still I still think about you. And, and, and even though I have new relationships and whatever, I, you know, I'd still like to always know that I can call and and we can chat or, you know, I give advice or, you know, the stuff like that. But uh it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me because we fucked. Now then, I will say I've had exes come back, and then let's get to the good stuff with the comfy ex sex. Yeah. Have you ever had yeah. ex sex? Oh, yeah. I had one guy that I dated, God, 20-some-odd years ago. I mean, that uh, probably more than that, that we broke up, and like he'd come over to hang out, and I'd just be crawling all over him. He's like, what are we doing? I'm like, we're still friends, right? We could be friends with benefits. and. <laughs> Nice. Nice. If it works, it works great. But then in that case, you really, and I guess in in overall, you really have to see if you're going to try to be friends with an ex, you really have to be like, well, what's going in my life today? Mm -hmm. What kind of relationships are you in? If you're in a relationship with somebody who's not comfortable with that, that's now something you have to include your partner in, you know, to how do they feel about you being friends with them? Do you guys have trust issues? Do you, you know? What are those things? And that's obviously something you have to consider because maybe it's like, hey, it's okay if you guys are friends online or maybe go play volleyball or whatever sport or thing team you're on. But I don't want you being alone with that person because that's obviously where you go. Oh, yeah, I used to fuck this person. Um, Yeah, because actually my my ex-husband, he had a girl he dated on and off three times before we even got together. And I knew her from – we all went to the same high school. And, like, it took her years to get married. But at the point where she got married to this guy, he made her cut off all communication with my ex-husband because, well, he's an ex. And it's like – they they were friendly for, like, 15 years after they broke up, you know. And it's just like, oh, but he's your ex. You can't talk to him. You can't invite him to our wedding and, like – what the fuck, dude? People who break up can be friends if they want to, if they choose to. But it's just like that immediately go to your partner going, yo, you can't talk to them because they're an ex. Fuck that. Yeah, I've never been that. I'm kind of like, well, if they're going to go fuck them, they're going to go fuck them. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, whether they're they're either going to lie about it or whatever. Obviously, I'm going to 
if they're like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my ex, I, you know, that I'm still attracted to, and we're going to get drunk and play video games, then I'm like, are you really putting yourself in a situation that's yeah. not going to get you in trouble? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at some point, if, if you trust, you know, like, you know, Muse, Muse friends, like super close friends with all of her exes. And goes over and travels to other parts of the country and stays with them for a week. And uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, they're either gonna they're either gonna do something or they're not. Right. And hopefully, I you know, I'm inspiring enough in that relationship that they want to keep what they have. But it, I mean, it's different because of poly non-monogamy and right, stuff like right. that. But in general, yeah. <laughs> Just don't put yourself in a in in a situation that you don't want to be in because then I'll be like, oh crap, I can't believe I fucked him again. Or it's just like, if you're going to be a friends with benefits, that's fine. But just kind of say, look, we're leaving it as friends with benefits. I care about you. I'm, I'm attracted to you. I love fucking you. But you need to basically not fall back into that trap of, oh, this is a relationship. No, it's friends with benefits. And one one thing that I think we've even talked about on the show in the past, it's also how you handle the actual interaction. If you know you don't want to get back in a relationship and you just want friends and benefits, don't spend the night. Yeah. Don't go on events the next day. Maybe cut out some of the cuddling. Maybe just keep it about the play and then say, hey, that was fun. I'm going to go to my own life now. Right, right. And then and then some people do that and they just say, okay, well, the intimacy is where we're going to get, you know, the mushy stuff is where we're going to get into trouble. Right. So let's just set some guidelines and whatever. Right. But now let's go to the middle. Okay. And the middle is maybe you had some problems in the relationship. Maybe it wasn't super toxic, but maybe there was some infidelity or there was a thing or there was a real reason that um, that you guys broke up. And maybe the person is coming back to make some sort of amends. Okay. What is that situation like for you? It's, uh, it's, it's touchy for me because it's just, I've had this happen and it depends on what they're coming back to make amends for. I mean, right. I've cheated on partners. Partners have cheated on me. Everybody makes mistakes. It, depending on how things went down and how much remorse that person's showing, I may forgive them. Um, sure. But it really depends on how things were left. And then how to me, it's like, how much is this person wanting to work to be coming back in my life? It's just like, am I going to be there just to be a friend with benefits? Or am I, do you really, you know, I missed a relationship with you. I want to be back in the relationship with you. Can we please try again? Or Oh, yeah, I'm not talking about, we're not talking about getting back together shit. We're talking about just friends. Okay, so, yeah, it's still, if, 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 if somebody left me for, you know, if I found that they were cheating on me or something and then they still wanted to be friends, I, I, I'd find it hard as hypocritical as it is, because I've cheated on people and it's just, right. I mean, it really depends on if the person really shows remorse or it's just basically like, yeah, I fucked her. So what, you know? <laughs> right. I've had situations, um, not in cheating, probably the only thing I've never done. The only, I can honestly say I've never 
Really? I've never cheated. I haven't been in. I well, I've been single the vast majority of my life. Well, and, um, and especially so, with Polly, you guys, you you openly talk about stuff. So if, yeah. yeah, if you work in, so yeah, so the other relationships I have been in, there's been Polly, and I don't need to stray because we all agree on on blah blah blah. True. But I have been in monogamous relationships. And that were miserable, which is why I will never be in a monogamous relationship because of the intense misery that I experienced in all three or four of those. Um, but I didn't cheat. But I did have situations and relationships, surely when I was younger, where I had immaturity. I didn't know how to handle things. I handled things poorly. And I did have um, sorrow about that. And I did feel bad about those behaviors and that lack of maturity. And I have reached out to ex-partners. I reached out to my ex-wife. You, you know, I was married, right? Right, um, right. When I was a kid, um, basically. <laughs> and, uh, and she had made a comment. She found some blog that I did where I was now giving advice. And she sent me an email to that. This was in 2000 when I had like boogergod.com and whatever. Wow. And somehow she found it. And I was giving all this like encouraging advice. Um, and she emailed me and said, wow, I wish you would have been able to give me that advice when I was struggling. Yeah. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> uh, and I literally wrote her a four-page apology letter about my inability at that time to deal because she had you know, a lot of mental health issues and crisis and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I had no clue how to deal with that at that time. I was thought Jesus was the answer for everything. <laughs> and but I, But I acknowledged my failures and went back and, and said, this is, I didn't ask for her apologies for the shit she did. I just went back and made amends for what I did and didn't ask her for a friendship or a relationship. But as a result, she was like that. I, she was super grateful for me to just validate her feelings and right. to validate her as a person. And sometimes that is left in the past. Sometimes there are unresolved issues that you have and you wish you could at least have that maybe not be friends and buddies or, you know, friends with benefits, but just to get some closure with a partner and to have us now we've grown, we've become adults. Let's at least have a discussion about this. Yeah. And it worked out fantastic. I remember I, I, uh, she said, well, let's, you know, let's get together. She had three kids by that time. None of them mine. Thank fucking <laughs> holy sweet alien Elvis Jesus. And I took her to, I took her and her kids. I had money at the time. I took her and her kids to Chuck E. Cheese oh, wow. and we gave them money and they played and her and I just had a really nice, conversation mm -hmm. and then we had chatted on mail i paid her dad back like 300 bucks i borrowed from him when we were married this was like 15 years after the oh, marriage wow. and so she laughed at that and and uh and that was a good end and i haven't talked to her in years now she moved she moved away you know did something and i haven't talked to her but it was good i had another relationship where i was able to apologize because i was a drunk at the time and she you know she, it was a not a great it was sexy it was fucking there was great sex and and it was fun but uh but it was it was it had a lot of dysfunction in it too and so i was able to go back in that relationship and apologize once again nobody owes you that closure right 
Nobody owes you. I have another relationship. One of my first DDLG, my first DDLG official 24-7 in the lifestyle. I have great regret to not being able and not being mature enough to handle what her issues were. But she doesn't want that. Right. I've offered in the past. This was years ago. But um, I've offered and I've said, look, I just, you know, if you ever want to tell me and I won't I won't say I won't make it about you me versus whatever if you ever want to just tell me you know these are the things that hurt me then I'll just listen yeah um and gave her that opportunity she's like no it's cool and we're amicable said hi a couple times but uh so you really have to decide if that is something you need as closure but if you don't you can just say I don't really need this closure and I wish you the best. I don't ha- I don't hold resentment anymore mm-hmm. because I have other things in my life. But no, thank you. Yeah. And it, it may even be that person's reaching out to you because they want closure and you don't have to give it to them. They may say, look, I did this bad thing to you and I'm really sorry. And it's, I've taken some time or I've worked on myself or whatever. And I want to apologize for the way I behave during a relationship. A simple thank you and end it or you know okay you know you don't have to say well apology accepted or whatever it's just yeah you don't have to forgive anybody yeah Yeah. and that's a and that's an aa thing that's a flaw with aa that i fucking hate it's the ninth step and it's about a making amends but it's it can be because the person's trying to stay sober so they're told if they don't make amends and and make up for what they've done it fucks with their sobriety. So now they're reaching out to people and they're saying, no, 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 I have to make amends. No, no, you don't. Right. You actually don't. You can make amends within yourself and not repeat those behaviors. You can acknowledge what you have fucked up in your life with people. You can reach out to them and, and make your amends. If they don't want to hear it, then write down a list of all the shit you did and then don't do it anymore. That's called the living amends. True. But you have a lot of people that are that are pushy. And like you said, it's about them. It's not about the person that you hurt. Well, even if they I've don't heard... want to fucking hear it. They don't have to. Yeah. I've heard trains of thought where, you know, people say you must forgive them. And it's like, no, there's been times some psychologists that I follow. They're like, you could say to somebody like even in cases, horrible things, sexual abuse, rape, whatever. I forgive you because it's what I need as a victim, as a whatever the bad thing happened to to make myself go forward. I'm not forgiving you to give you your forgiveness. I'm forgiving you so that way I can close the door on it and work on myself. So you, in a way you could forgive somebody, but it's not, it's kind of almost like a backhanded forgiveness where it's just basically like, I'm forgiving you because I need to forget. I need to close this door on myself, not for you. I, I hear absolutely what you're saying. I don't ever use the word fucking forgiveness because it's, it's the wrong word to use in that situation. Yeah, it is the, because you I don't do it. You don't have to fucking forgive anyone. Forgiveness means clean slate. We can now start beginning. I can say I release my resentments towards you. Yes. Oh, I love that. I can say I can say I don't acknowledge. I don't uh, take on the pain of what you inflicted on me anymore. I don't hold hatred towards you. 
but I don't use the word forgiveness because then you have to explain, oh, it's, I, I'm forgiving you, but, you know, like you have to go through the whole speech like you just did. Yeah, I seriously just you wrote that just down say, with the, the release from re- release you from my resentment. I love that. I, I release you from my resentment and you don't ever have to use the word forgiveness because it, it kind of invalidates what forgiveness is. Yeah. Because forgiveness is I'm going to go ahead and reestablish some love, for, at least to me, whatever. Right. It's fucking semantics. Yeah. But I would prefer to not use that word because there's so much. Because when you deal with it in religion and whatever, forgiveness means clean slate. Let's start over. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't do that with anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. But I will release my hatred and resentments for people. Yeah. Speaking of releasing hatred and resentment, what happens if we get to the really toxic exes? <laughs> This is this. You know what? This is a much simpler because, like I said, I don't want to make this not serious. There are real situations where you're dealing with narcissism, sociopaths Ugh. and psychopaths. And these are professional manipulators that will never change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've been in a relationship with one and you have survived that and gotten away from that. And sometimes they do come back because mm-hmm. they know you. And they're in between meals of a prey that they can manipulate and feed off of for that control. They know your buttons. They know. And then they Uh, give you some, they meticulously give you some time away and then they come back and they, and they act charming and ass kissy. And they're like, I'm just checking in what's going on with your life. Uh All I can say besides the, the realness of getting support is do not engage. Yeah. Just don't engage. Don't let them engage you either because I've had a very toxic ex in my life that would, his uh, girlfriend that he left me for uh, would put a ton of of public stuff on social media and just bait me into getting me riled up and I fell right back into their trap and it's like, stop looking. I think think you even told me, stop looking in the gutter, you're going to find trash. Yeah, I don't know if I said that. It sounds like something I would say, but um, yeah, you did, you did something along but, the lines of that. Yeah, but the point is, 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 is very true. This is something when it's that level of abusive, and once again, it maybe they weren't a sociopath or whatever. We're not the psychotherapists that give diagnosis, but if it was something that was real harm to you, and they did like a lot of heavy shit, and you escaped with your life don't don't engage yeah don't engage i i i just i don't i i i i wish i had a lot i wish we had hours and hours and hours to talk about this but if you know you've been in an abusive relationship and there's been physical abuse and violence and and you know just demoralizing manipulation and gaslighting and all of that stuff it is very, very difficult for a person like that to actually change. Yeah. They In the level they of don't. psychopathy, they can't. They mentally, yeah. their brain doesn't even work like that. They can yeah. stop doing some of the behaviors, but they're still going to be a fucking psychopath. And don't be afraid to get police involved because there's, you know, you got the narcissists out there who just basically, you have the people who threaten self-harm or threaten to harm you. And it's like, you know what? Check, please. I'm calling the cops. And it's just that way you could take some of the, 
personal responsibility off of yourself and going, you know what? You said you were going to slit your wrist if I, if I didn't talk to you. Let's call the police and hand them this text message. So, yeah. You are much nicer than me. You are much yeah. n- nicer than me in, in that regards. If somebody is saying, I'll kill myself or I hurt myself, fucking do it. Fucking kill yeah. yourself. Because then I don't have to worry about you, you fuck. Yeah. Just do it. Send me a fucking video so I can know you did it for sure. Okay, that's how I feel. <laughs> I'm not saying I haven't said that to people before. Mm-hmm. No, I've had people go, really. I'm going to kill myself. And I'm like, fucking do it. Yeah. And they're all like, you can't say that to me. And I go, you, you're in charge of yourself. You're a fucking adult. You want to fucking mm-hmm. kill yourself? It's not me. Here's what I have done. If it's something, once again, you don't have to engage, but you can say, if you're having a mental health crisis, call 911. Yeah. Another thing you can say, without engaging, because anytime you go, I'm sorry you're feeling bad, that's, that word sorry just literally uh-huh. gives them in because they now know they've gotten a reaction out of you. Exactly. You can literally just say, you are not responsible for my mental health, and I am not responsible for yours. Call 911. Do not yeah. email me anymore. Done. Yeah. I know we got to, we've way gone long on this, but there's so <laughs> much, there's so yeah. much into yeah. this. Why yeah. can't everyone just have amicable splits and then come back and have great XX that's non committal? Well, because that's not the way the world works. If you are forced yep. into a situation where somebody comes back into your movie, the dungeon, you know, Back at the same job, at, at work, at whatever, you have to make some decisions at that point. You have to decide, you know, do you go to a new dungeon? I've actually moved dungeons before. I'm like, I don't even want to deal with this shit. I got to <laughs> I gotta go somewhere else. Um, let them have it. But if you want to make a stand, you have to know that you have to make a plan and then you have to have resolve to be consistent in whatever you do. And... Uh, I'm sorry if it's somebody that's really bad that's back in your life. Yeah. But but the only good news is, is out of every thousand people that you look at anywhere, any city, 50 of them are fucking pieces of shit. So at least you know. <laughs> at least you know for sure that's one of them. Stay away from them. The other 50, yeah. you got to figure out they're a piece of shit to stay away from. At least you know that one. That one I know. Oh, I make a pee-pee dance. No, no pee-pee in my pants. Too much tea, too much tea. Now I got a pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-pee-p
to uh, what we were going to be talking about before uh, in the in the segment before <laughs> Path Girl. But I am glad uh, uh, you are here. Me too. I am authentically I... glad <laughs> that you are here with us. I hear your breath. I hear your yeah. lungs. Exp- I'm just glad you are here. Am I, am I heavy breathing into the mic again? I do that sometimes. That is, you know. <laughs> I don't get a lot of love, so anything that turns me on even a little, I'm just gonna oh. go ahead and take. Little, yeah, little I mean, creepy get what breathing. You can. <laughs> any 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 part in a creepy storm? Yeah. Oh dear say. goodness. So uh, before we get into the fun stuff, any uh, any kink or loving? Stick your weenie in any holes recently? Oh my god, so many holes. Really? The same hole, like a human but- hole. Oh yeah, yeah. This is an this was a an adult female. Oh goodness. Uh, in in fact, my adult female. Yeah, she's uh, she's gotten hornier lately, and I found the magic tool. It's really? A, oh yeah. Then I'm gonna share this with you. And it's there's no allegedly involved. It's a clit sucker. <gasps> it's a little device that you attach to her clit, and it just does this, like. Wait, could, could you thing? just do that a little bit louder directly into the <laughs> microphone? All right, where are your pants? Okay, never mind. You just it goes. So it's a just kissy that. sound. It's, a... it's not a nimnet. It's a suck suck. It's like I'm. Yeah. So if, yeah, if you just let it. I wish I could. <coughs> Sorry, almost killed myself on the my clit sucker impersonation. <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> Don't die, boogie. You can't. That's. I mean, dying on air might be pretty, pretty well, rock and roll, but well, yeah. So, so, so yeah, use it. Mm-hmm. She goes nuts. She goes nuts. Um, like we're talking a good twenty seconds or less to orgasm, and then I just whip it out, and she's good to go, and I'm good to go. I can roll back over, and we're good. So fun times, man. You know what? Um, I've been hearing more and more about the clit suckers. And that they've evolved uh, a lot because the ones from a few yeah. years ago were really difficult to kind of work. We heard a lot of reports to where it was really awkward to kind of manage them. And I think they're really starting. The designs are just incrementally getting better and better and easier and easier for it to work. But when it does work and even the past models, mm-hmm. when the clit suckers worked, everyone said, oh, yeah, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy orgasm for women. Yeah, it's nuts. And I think the older models, they went over the entire pussy. Mm. And they weren't... I think the original was an over the pussy. And then, then some... I'm pretty sure some woman's like, Hey, this this needs to be more focused. And I, if I can remember, the one I got was designed by a woman. So I'm pretty right. sure, you know, the science uh, evolved. And we kind of started listening to women and how to give them orgasms. So, who to think? <sighs> who to think? Who to think? The good yeah. old days of the rippling hard plastic dildo that some guy just sat back with his giant 1940s <laughs> goggles and said, "Yeah, I'm sure uh, this is what the ladies like." It's very similar to mine. <laughs> <laughs> very similar to mine, except well, the-, the stiffness. Yeah, and don't forget oh and don't forget the cranking hammer ones they used to have in Victorian times where you just crank it and there's like this weird metal oh, plastic I want covered one so just, bad. 
Oh man, they're they so hard bad. To come by. Antique antique vibrators. No, you can get one. They're about two hundred and fifty bucks, and they come. They oh, pop no, up. You. There was two, three different. I had a doctor who was in the lifestyle. <laughs> I won't say his name because I, I don't know if I can. But um, he was a lifestyle doctor, and I remember a lot of people went to him because obviously he's king friendly, sure. and uh, he was he's like a general practitioner, and he had his own. Uh, what do you call that? His own thing. Practice. His own practice. practice. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I went there, and I knew he was a collector of vintage vibrators. Oh, Lord. But when you went into his office, this is where you know no fucks have to be given. This is his actual office where he sees patients, and if you go into his office, it is covered with vintage vibrators. Holy this guy had shit. a collection of like, you know, a hundred all through the years. And it was amazing. And I'm like, you just have this in your office? Like your clients are sitting there and you're telling them about their fucking digestive tract issues. Yeah. And there's just like a hundred fucking, you know, antique orgasm giving machines. And he's like, it's my practice. They don't have to come. Yeah. Well, I also think it goes back to, like if you know what it is, then <laughs> you know what it is. So yeah, you can't oh, I'm be sure like, it's a conversation oh, piece. Yeah, like oh, <laughs> what are these machines? Wait, let's let's hold off on my bowel cancer discussion. And what are these yeah. things? <laughs> oh, I'm why? sure he's probably like, well, get on the table, <laughs> sign this waiver that says you're doing it consensually. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, uh, no, he had. I have a couple. I because I got the bug. I didn't have the money that he had, mm. but I do have a few. I just gave away a couple because I'm I'm purging. But uh, I have one that's like from 1942, and it's oh. just like this little Sherman tank-looking German vibrator that's like green metal, and it's just a little tank. Does and it? It's a, and you click it on, and it vibrates good. I've made partners come with it, and the is whole spark? pitch is, huh? Is there sparks? No, that no. I've had a couple of those too. Oh. Um, I've had a couple of ones that you're like, I, I'm not putting this on your vagina. And they're like, I'm not. I, that's good. Don't do not do that. Um, I want one with an exhaust just, on it. But it's just, yeah. <laughs> you just got to pedal. You just got to pedal and light with kerosene. But no, oil, it's oil. just kind of the thrill. The thrill of being like, uh, hey, you know, your great grandmother had orgasms with this. Yeah, I would. I would think that, like, I would consider myself a timeless pervert. I can. Yeah, I can make you orgasm no matter what time period I'm in. That's how yeah. those things make me feel. Yeah, yeah, but the hand crank one—that's the one I want. And they're like two hundred fifty, three hundred bucks now. Yikes! And they there was one company in either Japan or Hong Kong. That made it. It's a wood one, and it's a hand crank. And the story behind those are they all started as hand cranks. Sure. And you know when because we could get into the whole topic of you know hysteria and how the the whole gambit of female hysteria, quote unquote, which was basically just doctors jerking off women, yeah. and the husbands didn't ever ask about it. And so then they started developing these machines because the doctor's hands got tired jerking off women to stop them from hysteria because there was a steady flow of women that came in. And I'm like, doctor, I'm having hysteria again. 
And <laughs> so it was good business. Yeah. And then they just laid them down. And then they're like, fuck, man, my hand's tired. I mean, I'm getting to creep out and jerk off all these fucking women. And their husbands are like, I don't want to know about your medical stuff. Just she's acting crazy and she acts calmer. When yeah, she fix comes the baby maker. <laughs> Where's the babies? The ba- Fix it, god damn it. Yeah. And so uh they developed started machines and they started with hand crank ones. And then when they, you know, technology evolved, they went to electric and then started developing electric toys, and everything was fucking going great, creepy. Yeah. Everything in the in the hysteria, women getting free hand jobs from doctors ended with fucking porn because somebody took those machines and then said, Hey, let's make pornos. You know, they like incorporated them into pornos. I don't know. It was like the fifties or, you know, when it was totally illegal to do pornography, but of course everyone still watched it on the down low. Yeah. And all of a sudden they used these machines and they were selling them just as, you know, whatever massage tool, whatever. Um, and then all the husbands saw, uh, hey, wait a minute. This is sex. Yeah, that's the hysteria tool. This this what? doctor <laughs> is fucking having sex with my wife. And everyone <laughs> freaked the fuck out. And the hysteria treatments ended. And then, god damn it. You know, then they had to start calling. They had to start labeling all of these vibrators, you know, just as like personal shoulder massage. Yeah. And that's how that's how we got and evolved past that to now your partner has a perfect meticulous clit sucker. What a long <sighs> way we've come. And in short years, I mean it's what, fifty some odd years that uh, this technology has evolved or sixty? Yeah, for, for electric vibrators, yeah. it's you know, f- yeah, fifty fifty, sixty years. But uh so wait a minute, creepy. You said you had some good news. I almost before we get into the the craziness. <laughs> yeah. So wait, I, wait, wait. I you said you weren't going to tell me, and I yes. told you I was going to guess. I I'll give you some guesses. Okay. And I'll do I'll do. Let me well, know. You tell me your guesses, and then I'll tell you if you're close. Let me tell you my guesses. Mm. Number one guess of what your good news is: liposuction yes. on your feet. No. No. You took mushrooms that grew out of a litter box and it opened a portal to an alternate alien cat universe. It was actually a dog universe, but no. No. Okay, your Siamese twin brother that died and was absorbed prenatal is coming out as an uncle creepy organ meat cross dresser, and every time he puts on a new dress, you need a kidney. Ah, uh, no. Close. Very close. To- you saved money on your car insurance. I did say 15%. There. Uh, Knew I had it. Okay, what's the news? This is partially sad, partially good. Uncle Creepy is no longer on the market. Uncle Creepy has gotten married. Whoa! Where did that come from? So this is also part of the thing that will come up later. Um, a lot of life choices have come to me, and I I have a partner who I've been with for several years. She's amazing. She's been through a lot of my stupid shit. She likes clit I suckers. Her through. She loves clit suckers. 
and you know it, it's you know her mother-in-law is in town um things kind of worked out and in colorado the the state i live in you can self-solemize solemize boogie not sodomize well, i was solemize. like what you can sell yeah you can do that over here too man just get a fucking <laughs> toy and some vaseline that's right uh, i'm gonna solemize myself later if i was into <laughs> butt stuff yeah fucking why did god put her her g-spot in her ass um so uh i said you know hey your mom's here i'm here you're here let's let's go fucking down to the recorders you don't even go to a courthouse you just go to this place um this nerd guy in glasses was like oh you're getting married yeah that's pretty cool here's here's the paperwork and i'm like fucking hey dude and he's like did you want to sign it or is there a judge or i was like no no, no i'm gonna sign it i'm actually a priest so right uh he's like all right well i don't watch your life story so just sign here after reading this thing and <laughs> so i was like fuck out yeah like, i mean it wasn't even busy so i was like what the fuck dude you can't mess around you don't have any joy but he worked at a recorder's office so i'm not sure mm. what his life is i won't judge well con- but that's it yeah congratulations thank you congratulations on your choices that we're now going to talk about <laughs> exciting stuff yeah what a segue man what a segue <laughs> to to the fact that you're still here with us yeah so uh let me set this up i can say that i work at a hotel a very classy hotel it's i i consider hotels classy by the rates that they charge for a room okay and you know on our lower days we charge maybe i don't know 200 bucks right and then um for the shittiest of rooms i wouldn't say shitty but you you know and upwards of two thousand to six thousand dollars a night for these mega suites wow and um i don't know if people heard some of your listeners might remember we had this giant arctic front where temperatures dropped to negative goddamn 40 goddamn degrees jesus yeah and you were in it and um i was in it so i am you know patrolling around this hotel i work as a security officer loss prevention i don't know what the fuck you would call it but there was a call over the radio of a gentleman who did not want to sign in at our employee entrance location and was causing some problems. I heard him yelling over the radio, and I just happened to be close by. So I start my way walking over there because out of all the security guards, I'm the second biggest, but right. first first scariest um, right. security guard. And there's a gentleman, uh, a rather large gentleman um arguing with the guy at our entrance and my manager and he's yelling and pointing at my manager so i go from zero to 100 real quick and i'm like you're out you're gone get leave like i don't care what your problems are beat it right and my you know my assistant director guy he is i don't know five seven skinny as a rail and this guy was in his face so i step up i cut in between them and uh you know, there's there's uh, a lot going on. He's yelling and screaming. I'm 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 very much like, okay, you've passed the threshold. I don't give a shit. Whatever you have to say or do does not concern me anymore. I don't want to be a part of your life. I don't care. You need to leave. You're done. And it's it didn't it didn't register with him. He wanted to fight. He needed something right in his life to attack. And this will, you know, and the reason why will we'll come up after this fact. But we follow him out to his car. He, we come out. There's more arguments. 
And he reaches into his car and produces a firearm and points it right. directly at my face. I'm maybe, I don't know, two or three feet away from him. Right. And the firearm's pointed at my face. And you you use the word that I, w- I started using and when I first told you this, and I was present. I was very right. much aware. Nothing flashed before my eyes. There was no, like, hey, you know, these are all the things you've done in your life. But I looked at it, and it just, it stopped me. Everything that was a part of me stopped. Every concern I had, every care, every love, it paused. It was all there, but I was not happy. Um, Of course, you know, uh, I put up my hands. My assistant director put up his. And, you know, and I've I've been around guns. I've shot guns. Um, This would be the first time a firearm has ever been directly pointed at me. Sure, Um, sure. And it just, it hit me. It, It... it wasn't a pleasant experience. It was probably, I don't know, besides my father passing, one of the worst things that's ever happened to me in my life. And I thought about dying. I thought about, this is it. This is this is the end of, of Uncle Creepy. Right. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I saw him as just another being and i i was ready and after that he he lowered the gun he immediately started weeping i mean like the best way to describe it was weeping um and he just broke down and it took me a second to kind of gather myself my manager was like let's go let's go and i'm like okay um and then my director came out and I was like gun and the police fucking police. Uh, okay, well, my director had come out, he said he'd call the cops um, and that uh, they had told him, unless you see a firearm, we're not coming out for that. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And I wanted, you know, and I wanted to call these cops and be like, I saw the gun, but it's too late. My fucking, you know, I'm, I'm done. But no. Right. So good on them. But my director started talking to him and my assistant director started talking to him. I, I kind of stepped back and, you know, adrenaline was going. My heart was starting to pump faster. I came very focused on the now. Like I was there. And, um, so, you know, this guy, he is a former veteran. Um, you know, he, he has PTSD, of course, untreated. Or lightly treated, I guess, you know, because this will turn into a rant against the VA if I keep talking about it. But right, right. Um, you know, he was just having a bad day. He he couldn't he couldn't get to work on time, which was his first initial problem because of how cold it was. His car wouldn't start. He couldn't make it to work. He was a, a dock worker for one of the conventions we had. Right. And you know, it none of that mattered. We still had to to call the police. You know, the police came out. He was arrested for, I think, aggravated menace with a firearm or something like that. So right, right. Um, the 
we talked to him you know we understood uh and i didn't press charges i'm not sure what my assistant director did but um i was like well he's still going to be arrested for these other things and lose his ability to carry a yeah. firearm so but then as the time went on i started to realize like how important <laughs> being alive was <laughs> to me i i what started a revelation yeah i was like wait a minute if i'm dead I don't get to bone chicks and and do creepy sex stuff and no clit sucker no clit sucker and it it was a very eye opening experience that I do not recommend for any fucking person. I mean, even now I'm kind of like slightly shaking remembering it, so it's definitely sure caused trauma. But if you've had it happen, my God, it's uh. It's, some it's of an eye opener. Yeah, it's an eye opener, and it's, it's um, an eye. It's an eye opener, and I just felt like sharing that with the listeners. Is that uh, if you wake up every morning and you breathe, you are awesome. You get to do. You're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game. You get to do whatever you want, and it's uh, within reason. You get to do whatever you want within reason, allegedly, and. I, I felt sharing with that was would be a fun time for everybody to know that uh, <laughs> going you through know, some shit. <laughs> a, yeah. We're in a new year. Let's have some new focus. Oh, yeah. Some things that happen. And I want to add that this is some of the best sex I've ever had after that fact. Like, yes, it, it definitely turned me on to like, you know, I get I got to get some, some fucking. Well, you you see how temporary life is. Yeah. You see how... I mean, and this happens, uh, of course, when people have traumatic, spontaneous illness or a heart attack or a stroke or, you know, any, you know, those those types of scares that that that'll put the the uh, the love of life in you. I call it the love of life, not the fear of God. I call it the love of life because just like you said, you realize how fragile it is and how quickly... It can just go, and then why you've, you're you now just... You don't even have a chance to regret. No, I didn't... You don't even have a chance to be like, you know, I should have done that. Yeah, I should have I should have stuck my dick in her at that time and see where that went. Right. None of that right. happened. None of that. I didn't feel... I didn't feel anger. I didn't feel happiness. It was an extreme numbness with the reality of everything going on around me in, I don't know, not slow motion, but definitely like, this is it. Like, it I was guess... enough for your, your brain was able to process many things at that moment. And I'm, I'm, I'm dreadfully sorry that that happened to you. Uh, and, but I am also kind of a pig in the fact that whatever it takes to shake us up yeah, and to and, put us in that presence, you know, this is a, such a great opportunity. I mean, first off you're in the presence, you understand that this is the time to do things with your life. But as far as like the putting your head around the, uh, the actual incident and the assault and the gun in your face, and somebody else assaulting in that way, how have you have you had time to process that or no <clears throat> um, m- mostly the 
you know, a lot of corporate people came down and were like, hey, Uncle Creepy, you know, but my real name. And they kept right. repeating <laughs> my real name over and over again. And I'm like, do you would you know who I am if I didn't have this name tag on? And that that was one of the perspectives I got was that right. I am very replaceable here. Um, I I am proud of the work that I do, but if I were to have died, my replacement um, <laughs> uh, would have know, been there. My, my ad, my replacement ad, would have been on the internet before my obituary would have been written. So I was uh, is... I, I I take a look at the people who are at my job, and I I say, do I enjoy these people's presence? I do. Do I like the work I I do? I do and once that that stops i'm not gonna hang around i'm right i'm able to see that you know i'm not gonna waste my life you know <laughs> making some rich asshole i'll never meet richer so sure i i've i've planned with my partner um and a lot of the things we've discussed involved you know getting the fuck out of dodge and just going away and enjoying our lives together so i guess that would be a pretty decent uh, outcome of what happened. i think that's a fantastic outcome uh, from a predator standpoint i uh, i call those moments um pulling your head out of the crocodile's mouth um yeah. and i think i've told that story story on the show about the impala that runs down to get water on the shitty muddy you know <laughs> drought ridden lake and uh and the crocodile grabs it by the head and then tries to pull it in and then by the grace of twitching and nature and a little bit of luck the head pops out the impala runs back up the hill the crocodile retreats back into the water yeah waiting for the next impala for the next Impala and and I I don't resent as much. I hate that there's crocodiles. I hate that there's predators. But I also understand that that is just a fact of nature. Yeah. And that and that they are there and at any moment any moment some rando with a gun can do something and fortunately for you this guy was having a crisis. And he was able to stop himself because a psychopath would have just shot you. Yeah. And a psychopath would have been like, fuck you, motherfucker. And I don't care about prison. I don't care. You know, whatever. They don't have that fear. It's impulsive. So, but you just, there's crocodiles out there. Yeah. And our job is to be aware as best we can yeah. and avoid that. But you can't, it's kind of like, they're there. And I want to point out that I did everything by the book. I I did every piece of of, you know, I've applied every piece of training. You know, we gave him enough distance to where, you know, we're we're there for him, you know, but it didn't matter. All of the training didn't matter because this one thing that was sparked many years ago with this gentleman culminated to that one point for me. And all of my training, all of my years as a security guard did not matter at that point. And I wanted to reiterate that, you know, you, you, 
you can plan as much as you can, but you know that one thing is coming for you. And when the universe、right. decides that you know, hey, your number's up, it does not matter.、Right. You are done when you're done. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that this worked out for the best.、Um, obviously, we could get into a whole thing about our veterans not receiving the mental health care that they、yeah. need. Um, I agree, and that's one of the things. As soon as he mentioned the VA not helping him with his mental, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's an entire system. That's、yeah. an entire、uh, inadequate system in place." So,、um, but we do acknowledge that, and and at the end, you can have a little compassion for that. But there's also, I'm sorry, you're sad, motherfucker, but you put your fucking gun in my face.、Um, There's only so much love I can have for you. <laughs> yeah, your your mental, yeah, your mental disabilities or diseases are not your problem, but they're your responsibility. And yeah, I heard yeah, that yeah. From a gentleman. So, yeah, yeah. Creepy. <clears throat> yeah, I yeah.、Uh, this this story was its own kind of kink. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I I probably was h- hard. <laughs> at some point, and I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. That's you know I'm gonna I'm gonna work my way up to see where that boner came from. I、sure. promise you and your listeners. I look forward to hearing that story. I don't well I don't know how <laughs> look forward.、Yeah. I, I, you know, from an academic point of view, I'm excited to to hear about that. Yes,、story. with our 1940 goggles on, we'll that's we'll that's we're just the, the perverted podcast mad scientist crew. Well, goddamn,、yeah. goddamn it, creepy! I'm trying to win the lottery so I can buy you out here.、Um, yeah, but、uh, as of yet, <laughs> I was close. I was only off by five numbers this time. Oh my god, dude! I was, I was so close. I think I got two. Two shit, dude! That's、yeah. four away. What? That's no big deal. Next week, yeah, we'll get it. Yeah, Next week for sure. And the then it's just. We will be sponsored by every clit sucker maker in the world.、Yep. We'll have every horny woman that just, and we'll just, I'll have bionic arms put in with multiple tentacles, so we、yeah. can each hold ninety clit suckers each, and、Oof. just give joy. Yeah, that's joy to the world, is what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the end of show. There's turkeys here. And that is the end of show 370. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like for us to cover, please feel free to email us at pervertedpodcast@gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok or and on Instagram under the name of Perverted Podcast. And on FetLife, there's both a group page and a, a sorry, a both a page and a group for the show. Um, you can support us for free by hitting the like and subscribe button on, on whatever app you're listening to us on. It really does help us get the podcast out out there and heard by other kinksters just like yourself. If you'd like to do a little bit more to support us, visit us at Patreon.com/forward/slash/PervertedPodcast. With our five bucks, if you give a fuck level, you get the podcast a few days early, as well as、uh, some other benefits. And as always, love and smushy kisses to all of our patrons around the world. Your support means the world to us. It was a wonderful show, Path Girl. We got into some heavy stuff、yeah. and some good stuff, but in general, this is what we do. Twenty twenty three, we're gonna charge through. Got a lot of fun and all sorts of magical music. Which, by the way, if you don't hit like and subscribe, 
it will never get better than this. I'm a sucker for her butt fucker. Every time I see that ass, I know I gotta fuck her. I get real weak when I touch those cheeks. And if I fuck you fast enough, I'll make you squeak. Squeak, squeak, squeak. For the love of everything good and holy, please, for my sanity, hit the like and subscribe button so I have to hear that again. Just, <laughs> just click like, motherfucker. I'll do a whole show. Because they're not clicking the fucking button, Bath Girl. They're not, I'll do a whole fucking show and say, you want to not click like? I'm a sucker for her butt fucker. Every time I see that ass, I know I gotta fuck her. I get real weak when I touch those cheeks. And if I fuck it fast enough, I'll make you squeak. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Play that fucking 165 times. I'm not fucking around. Click like. He's a man on the edge. Go on, go on SoundCloud. All right, we'll see you guys on the next show. I love you. Love you, bye. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Did your dad get drunk and beat the crap out of you? Well, that makes us bros, cause my dad did that shit too. Does every holiday gathering end when the police show up and take someone in your family to jail? Does your mom sabotage everything you try to do in life because she's jealous that you're still young and hot and she's getting old with sagging titties? Did your emo brother fake at least five suicide attempts? Is your grandpa hooked on prescription meds? Children of dysfunctional families unite. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Did your sister worry every month because her period was late? Did your cousin start fires and masturbate? At night, can you hear your bulimic sister off in the distance gagging into the toilet and crying, I want to be a cheerleader! (laughs) Did your dad drain your college savings to buy fake boobs for some hooker he was banging behind your mother's back? Did your grandma dig through the neighbor's trash? When you were nine, did your uncle teach you how to smoke hash? Children of dysfunctional families unite. Unite. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Every room in the house had a fist through the door. Your brother gets three girls pregnant because you a whore? Oh, hell no! Try to hit on all your high school friends in hopes of getting a blowjob, and one of them actually did it. 
Does your aunt keep the head of her cat that died in the freezer next to the fish sticks? Join us. Your family's gonna suck. Probably forever, so we might as well all be fucked up together. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Children of dysfunctional families unite. Children of dysfunctional families